Tigers on Cage. Shoot his goal! Jesse and Lance talk Tigers and all things WHL with the voice of the Tigers, Bob Ridley. Tigers players, Tigers alumni, and insiders across the WHL. Here's your host, Jesse and Lance. Welcome to another edition of Tigers Uncaged, the only podcast talking about your medicine hat. Tigers, I think. We're Jesse and Lance. We are powered by South Country Club. I think, can we throw that out there? Is it safe to say we're the only Tigers podcast? I I haven't heard or seen of anyone else doing it, but yeah, you're right. I guess I haven't confirmed that, but... Uh... <laughs> But but they don't have South Country Co-op, that nope, much I know. They sure don't. They're uh they love Jesse and Lance and we love them. We appreciate them for being on this and we appreciate you for downloading or listening and just talking about your medicine hat tigers. We got a lot to get into. Uh I don't think it was the worst weekend for the Medicine Hat Tigers, sure. Not the greatest game against Saskatoon, but they definitely answered back Saturday against Prince Albert Raiders. That response is is probably one of the biggest takeaways from the weekend for me is just how they were able to the talk of for Tiger lack Town. of a better word shell shot from behind two great opportunity we were talking last weekend with, with Scott during some games about just this this feeling that once you get into a regular schedule it's less time for players to sit and dwell on what happened that's been part of the difficulty I think this season is that when they have a bad stretch, they would play two games, they wouldn't go their way, and then you have to sit and think about it for five days yeah. and then go back into it. And, and so you don't get time to play your way out of it. And this team uh, has always been prided uh, amongst its physical fitness. And ever since Joe Frazier has been a part of the coaching staff, he's made sure to have the players at peak physical condition all season long. And so like when you get into a traditional Western Hockey League schedule, I think we're finding that uh, the, the Tigers just inherently are, are better suited than most for what that schedule entails simply because of their physical fitness and, and how Joe kind of stays on top of them and, and makes sure that they're conditioned properly. And when you're able to, to rely on that conditioning and then you, you start playing your way out of problems because you, you just inherently have more energy, right? Mm-hmm. So I think you saw that a little bit over the weekend and you might start to see that more as uh, the the back end of the season carries on and what's going to be a busy February and March. Yeah, I kind of bummed that that Tuesday game got postponed. I mean, T's and P's, obviously, to the Saskatoon Blades. Hopefully everyone's feeling okay. But when you have mm-hmm. a win like that in Prince Albert, you wonder what team, what, how are they going to answer in a rematch so quick, right? They win on the Saturday, yeah. they get a couple days, they rest, they go home. Then they play those Saskatoon Blades again. Is it a different story than the 9-2 shellacking they took on Friday? I was very curious that, but uh, we won't get to see that. But you're right. Tigers are going to play on Saturday at home, and pretty much all of February, they play maybe get two, three days off, and they play again. So they're not going to have a lot of time to think about that win or to think about that loss. Yeah, and that's that's going to be important, I think, for this team that's so young. It's like you just you want to get them into games. You want to give them experience. This is going to be their first, I think, real experience with the Western Hockey League schedule and what it entails and, and the – I guess, demands that it puts on you physically and mentally in order to, to prepare and perform each and every game. It's going to be a big learning curve the second half of the year. But honestly, uh, though their their record says differently and, and the way that we've seen some games go says differently, I think they are fairly well prepared considering their coaching staff to uh, to kind of 
get into the second half of the year and and really see some development. Yeah, got a lot of stuff to get into on the podcast. Uh, Scott Roblin going to join us in moments. I really want to talk about Oasis Wiseblatt. He had a very good weekend. Is this mm-hmm. a new trend? Are we going to see a new Oasis Wiseblatt? We'll uh, we'll touch on that. And Scott also going to sit down and talk to a former Tiger alumni, Tiger Tyler Dietrich is now going to be a part of the the Olympics, which I think is. Anytime that a former Tiger is a part of the Olympics, I believe is a really big deal. Especially his story. It wasn't yeah. just, you know, come out of major junior, go straight to the NHL, be a superstar, and then continue on from there. It's uh, it's like a lot of Olympic stories where it's under the radar. It's a lot of hard work uh, that you don't see. And then you get rewarded in this fashion where now he's going to be on the coaching staff for the uh, Canadian men's Olympic hockey team, which... Uh, like, like I said, it's just a very typical Olympic story and a very Canadian story that I think uh, a lot of people are going to resonate with. Well, that's coming up, and uh, so is Scott Roblin next on Tigers Uncaged. Come on. Check it out. Tigers Uncaged is powered by South Country Co-op. Tigers! More roar in a minute. When it comes to your choice of beverage, you have your favorites. And when it comes to the place you get your beverages from, Co-op Liquor Stores is the favorite. They carry a huge selection of wine, spirits, local and world beers. Stick to what you love or try something new. Co-op Liquor Stores in Crescent Heights, 13th Avenue, Redcliffe, Dunmore and Strachan Road. All open seven days a week. South Country Co-op, proudly serving the community for over 60 years. You're at home here. We've been part of the farming community for generations. Planning, advising, getting our boots dirty, helping farmers thrive and enhance their land. This is core to what we do because we believe that each crop should be grown with precision, grown with care, and grown with purpose. We are a different kind of business. We are building a legacy. We are South Country Co-op. For over 60 years, South Country Co-op has been part of our community. Families gathering around the table to talk about their day, share stories, laugh together, and just be there for one another. The meal on the table that brings families together is from South Country Co-op. Fresh local ingredients on amazing deals for you every single week. And their app gets you access to their flyer, locations, hours, and more. South Country Co-op proudly serving the community for over 60 years. You're at home here. Tigers Uncaged. Let's go! Country Co-op. Here's your host. And I reveal myself to you all here. Jesse and Lance. Behold! Welcome back to Tigers Uncaged, powered by South Country Co-op. We are joined, as always, with the voice of the Medicine Hat Tigers right now, Mr. Scott Roblin. And Scott, it was, uh, you know what, I don't think it was a bad weekend, this past one for the Medicine Hat Tigers. Uh, last I looked, though, they were up 2-0 against Saskatoon. Final score, not even close to that. What happened? Uh, it was a rough one, and it was a weird one for the Tigers, too, because, like you said, they got out to that 2 nothing lead less than six minutes into the game, and Logan Barlogi gets his first as a member of the Tigers, and they score on the power play, and everything's rolling. And then Saskatoon just really started to gain momentum, even though the, the Tigers outshot them for um, pretty much the entirety of the game. Uh, Saskatoon special teams really just took over the game. Saskatoon uh, went four for six on the power play, and scored a pair of shorthanded goals on the same Tigers power play in the second period. And it was kind of curtains at that point. Um, you know, Medicine Hat really struggled in that game to contain the Blades. And it seemed like any time they got a power play opportunity, it's like, okay, well, here we go. 
Uh, we'll see who's going to be putting in the back of the net for the Blades. And then they inevitably ended up doing just that. So it was a pretty frustrating night, I know, for Medicine Hats. And, um, you know, being able to get the shot generation and five on five, they drastically outshot the Blades. But um, just defensively, a really tough night, and especially on special teams, um, was probably one of their worst performances of the season. But luckily, the Tigers didn't have a lot of time to dwell on that. They hit the road up for Prince Albert, and uh, the next night, in regulation, pick up a, a big two points off the back of an Oasis-wise flat hat trick. I was just thinking, and that's why it took me a second to collect my thoughts, because I was like hard stuck on what you just said about how the Tigers played five-on-five, five, Scott. And I think that's almost... The, the most important takeaway from this past weekend and what we're going to see the rest of the year, special teams are going to be what they're going to be. The Tigers are going to have runs where they uh, maybe don't kill as many penalties as you'd like to see. And maybe they're not scoring as much on the power play, but if they can play solid five on five moving forward, doesn't that bode well for this team and what the future could look like? Cause it, it, inherently as this team gets older and more experienced, they should be better on both ends of special teams. Yeah, and you know what? Let's be honest. The the Tigers, um, you know, outshot the Blades. They outshot the Prince Albert Raiders for the first chunk of their game. Uh, PA really poured it on over the back half of the game. Um, but for Medicine Hat, it still wasn't a strong weekend on special teams. They went uh, um, one for five on the power play and then gave up the shorthanded markers to uh, to Saskatoon and allowed a power play goal against the, the PA Raiders. So, um Overall, it wasn't a great weekend on special teams. What really won it for them was their five-on-five play um, on Saturday nights up in Prince Albert. Uh, I thought Garen Bjorklund was spectacular over the course of the third period, especially. Medicine Hat was outshot 10-3 to in the third. Um, it was a bit of score effects just because PA was trailing for most of that period, and they really kind of poured on their offense, and Medicine Hat was a bit back on their heels, but Bjorklund was great. And um, I think for five-on-five, they, they were solid over the course of the weekend, uh, as solid as you can be in a 9-2 loss in that first game against Saskatoon. But um, I thought that it was a, a pretty strong weekend at even strength for Medicine Hat. It's, like you said, the, the special teams, they you'll have waves where you're playing really well. And this past weekend, unfortunately, it wasn't bad for the Tigers. But on Saturday, they responded and they were able to get some key scoring, especially off the rush. I thought Medicine Hat did an excellent job on two-on-one opportunities and some great passing um, Noah Danielson fed a great pass for Weisblatt on his first goal, and uh, Oasis Weisblatt in tight quarters able to shift it to his backhand, just a, a beautiful marker. And then uh, a little bit later in the game, Brendan Lee did the exact same thing for, for Weisblatt. Um, I think Brendan Lee's really turned on his game over the past uh, week or two here. Um, so, yeah, there's a, a lot of positives. And, and I think for the Tigers, it was one of those bend-don't-break games on on uh, on Saturday nights up in Prince Alberts, and uh, they did what they needed to do to get the win. And you know, I think for this team not to have to rely on you know overtime or a shootout to pick up two points was big for this club. They're they're starting to pick up some regulation wins, and when you can get the victory at the the final buzzer of the third period and, and hang on in that fashion like they did on Saturday night, I think that's a, a big building block for this club. Well, I know Friday night I was going to come in here and the first thing I wanted to talk about was, you know, Bjorklund being taken out of a game again. And that's the second time in the last, what, week, two weeks that we have seen Bjorklund struggle a little bit and be taken out of a game. Then I saw he was going to be starting Saturday night, and that was the the game you want to have after being taken out. You always wonder what the mindset is after you get taken out mid-game, but I think he did uh, beautifully well in that, in that game on Saturday. 
Yeah, and I'm like I don't think Garen Bjorklund's ever been pulled in back-to-back games in his WHL career. He's just such a steady, consistent netminder that to have two tough performances back-to-back in uh, in the game against uh, Red Deer the previous week, and then uh, to open up the weekend in Saskatoon. Garen's as competitive as they come in the in the Western Hockey League, so I know he was extremely frustrated uh, with those two games and um, you know being pulled in, in back-to-back. But I think going back to Garen on Saturday night, I was a little bit surprised, quite honestly, just because Beckett had played pretty well uh, in relief in both of those those games. But that was just the coaches saying, "Look, get your game back. You know, we're we're not giving up on you. We're it's not like you're pulled in back-to-back games and you're not going to hit the ice and you're not still the the go-to starter for this team." Um, I think it was a big vote of confidence for Garen Bjorklund. And you know what? As Prince Albert took a 3-2 lead in the middle of the second period, it's like, okay, well, we'll see where this goes, if he's going to be able to get it back. And basically from that period on, um, Bjorklund was extremely solid. He did allow another goal in the second period off a, a turnover at the own blue line and, and Harrison Lodewick able to uh, to score on a breakaway. But other than, other than that, um, down the stretch, Bjorklund was – the MVP for the Tigers in that game. He stopped so many chances. Prince Albert was pressing hard for the tying goal. Um, and I think it was Bjorklund just kind of rising to the occasion, as we know we can. But I think it was big for just his confidence as well to say, you know, these last two games haven't gone my way, but I'm going to lock things down and I'm going to keep this team in it. And uh, being able to shut the door for all 10 uh, shots he faced in the third period, that was the reason the Tigers uh, were able to win the game. I think a lot of us, and uh, you can even throw fans of the Tigers in this boat as well, where the, the focus now is for next year. There's, there's quite yep. an obvious plan that the, the team wants to get better every single day and, and really build for next season. And I, it seems like over the past couple of weeks, you touch on what Brendan Lee's brought, but, but I think you're starting to see – uh, and it's obviously easy to say now after the weekend he had, but Oasis Wiseblatt has been trending in the right direction. The goals, obviously an indication of that, but, but even before that, Scott, we were talking about how you're seeing with Wiseblatt an, even an, an extra gear in his game offensively, and he's picking up more responsibility in his own end. And it feels like as this team transitions into next season, it's going to be key that his development uh, is at the forefront, kind of leading this next wave of, of Tigers forwards. And I think it was a big breakout weekend in a number of aspects for Oasis. Not only did he score his first career hat trick on Saturday night up in Prince Albert, but he also uh, got a goal in uh, in the 9-2 loss on Friday night's game in Saskatoon. So four goals over two games, um, you know, it's huge for Oasis. He basically doubled his goal total that he had to start the year. Look, for Oasis, the the biggest knock on him as he's still very young in this league and really starting off his WHL career is he's he's a he's a bull in a china shop all over the ice. And that can be good and that can be bad in certain aspects where he's just flying all over the place and, you know, just trying to lay a big hit or trying to uh, you know, show off some fancy stick work and when it works it's phenomenal and when it doesn't it, it can lead to some defensive deficiencies for the Tigers. But I think for Oasis over the course of the season and especially over the last couple weeks it's not that he's restrained that at all. He's still that explosive uh, ball of energy on the ice, but he's more cognizant on where to use it and doesn't always try and go for that big, huge, flashy play um, when it might lead to a defensive breakdown for the club. And he's getting a lot more aware of that on the time and place 
to uh, to use that uh, the the skill set that he has because uh, as mentioned from his first goal, like just a, an incredible hockey IQ heads up play that he was able to pick it up on his forehand and with about a foot of space in front of him was able to shift it to the backhand and that opened up a, a wide open cage to score the first goal of the game for the Tigers. I, I've really liked Oasis's game over not just this past week, but as you mentioned um, over the past couple of weeks, I think he's really starting to lean into it. And it's funny, um, you know, earlier this week. We're asking, uh, you know, associate coach Joe Frazier about Oasis and if he's finally starting to live up to that first round billing, you know, um, top dozen picks in his draft year um, that, you know, we've been kind of waiting for for him to, to break out. And he basically said Oasis has been that way since he's come to the Tigers organization. And, and if you've seen him off the ice, he's exactly like he is on the ice. It's just this ball of energy is flying all over the place. But, um, you know, Joe said it is tough for young players to come into this league with all the pressure put on them, but especially first round picks because they're all expected to start out of the gate, especially over the last couple of years when you've seen Connor Bedard and Braden Yeager and, um, you know, a lot of high number one overall picks that have really started to showcase Denton Matejchuk. Um, You know, there, there's a number of players who are high picks in this league that are really starting to explode and become the best players in the league. And that's not always going to happen for every single first round pick. It might take them a year or two to really settle into their game. And I think it's finally starting to happen with Oasis. And, you know, Joe, Joe made a good point about the pressure that these first round picks are under and to perform. And especially for a Tigers team, that's so young. Um, you really rely on that young talent to try and drive the bus. So I think Oasis has done an excellent job of that, especially over the last couple of weeks. And, um, you know, with Tyler McKenzie likely going to miss some time here, he's going to have even a little bit more on his plate. You brought it up, and we'll get to McKenzie in a second, but you mentioned that he's starting to find his game. I think a lot of us tend to forget, myself included, that last season was short. It was like 25 games, less than 25 games. So, Really, they're just getting into what would be their first full slate of games in a regular season on a typical year, right? Like, this is now the point where they get into 50, 60 games in their career, which might have been their total last season if it had played out differently. Well, and and Oasis in that game where he scored his hat trick, it was just his 60th game in the Western Hockey League. Like, he, you forget about all these players that are on the Tigers right now because they're so young. You, you think, oh, they're first line, second line, third line players that, you know, this is their second year in the league and, uh, you know, they're, they're getting ready for their third season next year. Just because of the shortened season last year and the way things have gone now, Oasis is only up to 60 games now. Um, and when you look at his stat line this year, I mean, he's got 18 points in 37 games, pretty solid for a sophomore. But if you look at it for a first round pick in his rookie season, which it's basically still for Oasis when he hasn't played 68 games yet in this year in this league, he's got 23 mm-hmm. points in 60 games over his career. Um, so if you look at that as just like one season out of a player, and, you know, Oasis in his first 60 games of 23 points, that's pretty good. And I, I think it is just uh, everybody kind of resetting and trying to wrap their brains around how young this team actually is and how little experience a lot of these guys still have in the league. This is really the first point, and we've talked with the coaching staff about it, that players are learning how to play in the Western League because the schedule is so condensed over the last two months of the season. So now this is where players are finding out what the Western Hockey League is. They may already have... 50 games to their their credit, but this is where they learn what being a Western Hockey Leaguer is. And I think Oasis is really grabbing the bull by the horns in, in that aspect, and he's performing quite well as what we've seen over the weekend. 
Now, I look at a guy like Oasis, and he's uh, he's a passionate player. And that, that's not a knock on him because I feel like he wears his heart on his sleeve. When he's feeling it, it shows in his play. He's got four goals in two games. When he's frustrated, we see that. And it's kind of a blessing and a curse because in that frustration, we've seen games where he is taking – Bad penalties. That's not a knock on him. I feel like that's the game. We see him as, a, what, is he 5'5", five, 5'7", five, five, something in that range. He's sitting there fighting. And that's a good and a bad thing for the team because it really sparks him or it could cost him. Uh, you never know what you're going to get with Oasis. And I think that is, I'm intrigued by that. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing where that goes. Do you also see, you mentioned that he's a first-round pick, puts pressure on him. Does the last name have a little bit of pressure on him as well? Oh, I think for sure. And, and you know, Joe Frazier brought that up as well. I mean, he has a, an older brother who's a first-round NHL draft pick. And, um, you know, it's I, I, I kind of look at, just, not just because of the last name, but, you know, I think Oasis and Drew Krebs are very similar in that way that, you know, there's all these expectations just because of the family name that's on them. And, you know, at, at the end of the day, these are their own individuals. They're their own people, and they have their own skill sets that are different than their brothers who are high-end NHL prospects, and in Peyton Krebs' case, uh, an NHL player currently. Um, I think it is tough to be a younger brother of a, of a highly touted NHL prospect, and um, there's a lot of expectation. Hey, is, is this kid going to be to the same level, or, or what are we expecting out of him? And I think for Oasis, you know, you mentioned just the, the you never know what you're going to get with Oasis. I think that's the entertaining part of his game because, you know, he is five foot eight and um, he is this ball of energy that just flows throughout the game. And you never know if you're going to get just a crazy hit uh, late or if he's going to pick the puck up in his own zone and will try and stick handle his way uh, into the attacking zone by himself. But I think for a player like Oasis, what is going to happen naturally? Because, again, he's a 2004-born player. He's one of the younger players on the roster. You're going to see the maturity come with Oasis. And I think, you know, that playfulness that he has both on and off the ice, I, can, I don't think that's ever going to go away. But I think you're going to see the maturity evolve with Oasis where, again, he's more cognizant on when to explode and use that energy that he has and when to uh, maybe find a cross-ice pass or try and, uh, come back on the back check into the defensive zone. It's things like that that you just learn in this league just by the mere fact that you get older and you have more games under your belt. And I think that's going to happen with Oasis. And we are already seeing the progression from where he was at at the start of the year to where he is now. Uh, it's, it's leaps and bounds from, from what we've seen uh, going back to October. So uh, I'm very impressed with the trajectory that Oasis has had, especially over the last month or so. Um, and it's just about repetition and experience for a player like him. You mentioned that he's an 0-4 born, as is Tyler McKenzie, and we kind of alluded to it earlier that he's not going to be uh, in the lineup for a little bit, which is too bad considering the year he's having. And, and again, not even playing 60 games in the Western League uh, to his career yet. But uh, what's the latest with Tyler McKenzie? So Tyler McKenzie, early in that game against the Prince Albert Raiders on Saturday, got tied up along the near side wall with the Raiders player, um, didn't look like it was a huge hit late or anything like that, but he definitely got tangled up along the boards. And you can notice that something was wrong quite immediately. Um, he was holding his arm, um, looked to be in quite a bit of discomfort, and left the ice and didn't return. Um, so the latest we've heard from the coaching staff um, so far is that he has an upper body injury. They're not exactly sure what the um, severity of the injury is quite yet. Uh, he was ruled out for Medicine Hat's 
game on Tuesday, which of course was postponed against the uh, the Saskatoon Blades due to a number of uh, COVID cases on Saskatoon, or I should say players and coaching staff in COVID protocol. Um, so he was ruled out for that game. We'll see what will happen this weekend, um, if he'll be able to get into the lineup. But, uh, you know, Joe Frazier said that it's going to be incumbent on players like Stephen Arp to try and fill into a role. And it, it's so impressive with Tyler McKenzie. We, we've been talking about his leadership ability and just how confident he's been this year and how much he has just really grown into his role as a, as a two-way centerman in this league. He only has 54 games of experience, but he, over the weekend, was sporting an A on his chest. Um, for O4 born player, that's pretty remarkable. Um, I should also mention that Rhett Parsons was also wearing an A as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, Rhett has done all he can and, and is an incredible leader on this team as well. So, um, you know, a lot of credit to him. But for Tyler, a year younger than Rhett, uh, as an O4, to gain that confidence from the coaching staff and coming out with an A on his chest, uh, this is a, a player that I could see wearing. The, the captaincy down the road uh, for Medicine Hats. And, you know, not just losing a player like him who has that leadership experience at a young age, to see how confident he's been playing over the last couple of weeks, he's still leading the team in scoring with 20 points in 35 games. If he's going to miss extended time, uh, that is going to be a hit for the Tigers team that is already a bit thin up front. So it is going to be incumbents on players like Stephen Arp, Oasis Wise, Blatt, uh, even Noah Danielson, just to take on uh, a few more minutes. Uh, Noah was basically double shifted for most of that game against Prince Albert. And of course, you have Logan Barlogi, who, you know, it's funny how things work out. Uh, you know, Logan gets brought in to add some center depth and Tyler gets injured. So uh, it's going to be even more uh, responsibilities on a player like Logan to, to carry the load for Medicine Hat. And the Tigers better enjoy this little rest as they got right now because uh, starting Saturday, there are a lot of games that are coming up. I think they play every two or three days. Um, we were supposed to play on Tuesday. You mentioned that game got postponed. Um, there must have been a little bit of a scare playing the team just days before something like this happened. Do we also know if there is a makeup date yet? It uh, hasn't been officially announced by the Western Hockey League as for a makeup date of that game. Uh, the two previous games uh, for Medicine Hats against Edmonton and Red Deer have been made up. Uh, that was from a couple weeks ago when they were shut down as a, as a program. Um, but for the Tigers, uh, yeah, it's you know there's obviously a little bit of caution and concern seeing that they just played Saskatoon a couple of days prior. But also, at, even at the time, Saskatoon was missing a big chunk of their roster. Saskatoon was basically playing with four defensemen all night uh, against Medicine Hat. They moved um, you know, Mikhail Volotovsky, a usual forward, back to defense that night just to add in some bodies um, because they had so many defensemen that were on COVID protocols. So Saskatoon was already dealing with uh, a number of players in COVID protocol when the Tigers faced them. But uh, basically over the next couple of days, just they had too many go into protocol that they couldn't field the team for their Alberta road trips. So obviously a bit of concern. Um, you know, I think if there was enough of a problem where enough Tigers got it, we would have heard something from the league that they wouldn't be playing uh, their games this upcoming weekend. Um, but I think it's, it's still something that the team has to be careful uh, for. You know, the league basically had almost every team go into COVID protocol a couple of weeks back. Almost all of them have returned to the ice. There's a few exceptions, but I think this with Saskatoon and a few other teams is just proving that, you know, this is still hanging over the head of these teams, that you could have games postponed, you could be shut down for, for a week. Um, it is something that they still have to stay vigilant of, and it is something that everybody is, is carefully watching as we head into the last couple months of the season.
Uh, Scott, last one for me, and then we'll switch gears and uh, get into an interview you did with Tyler Dietrich, former Madison Tiger, who is now uh, part of the coaching staff for Team Canada at the Olympics, which is a pretty crazy story. But uh, just kind of looking ahead for this weekend and seeing the Tigers take on uh, the Hitman and the Rebels, I did notice on uh, the Tigers' website, though I haven't seen anything officially. I might have missed it, but I saw Hunter St. Martin uh, now on the, on the roster once again for the Tigers. So uh, maybe he's coming back in for a little bit as McKenzie's out. Not sure. But uh, what are you looking for this weekend uh, with a pair of home dates Saturday and Sunday? Yeah, first just to uh, address Hunter St. Martin, he was called up for the, the most recent uh, road swing for Medicine Hat through Saskatchewan. Um, so he did okay. get into the lineup. Um, you know, I think uh, I'm not sure if he played on uh, Friday nights against the Saskatoon Blades. Um, he did not, but he was able to get into the lineup on Saturday against Prince Albert. So, um, you know, just being a, an 05 born player, we'll see how many games he'll get in. Um, he's already uh, up to uh, a handful of games with Medicine Hats, I believe. He's uh, got four games under his belt this season. Now for the Tigers, and we'll see how long he'll be able to stick with the big club. Um, as for this weekend, Medicine Hat has played Red Deer and Calgary quite well over the last you know number of weeks and months. Um, the one exception being uh, Medicine Hat's loss to Red Deer uh, going back about a week and a half where they allowed those three goals in the span of uh, less than 10 minutes of play. So uh, I think the Tigers have to be cognizant and, and about their starts and how they're able to start these games against Calgary and Red Deer because we've seen cases where both teams have been able to strike early. Um, but the Tigers do have the confidence where they've, they've won two games against Red Deer this year. They've already picked up a win over Calgary in regulation, which I thought was Karen Bjorklund's best game of his career. Um, and they're on home ice as well after uh, their, their road trip last weekend and have had a lot of time to prepare. So I expected a well-rested team, uh, maybe aside from Tyler McKenzie, and uh, being able to, to come out with some, some force against their division rivals. Definitely two games that the Tigers can win. We'll find out this weekend. Uh, Scott, before we let you go, let's. Uh, you got an opportunity to talk to a former Medicine Hat Tiger who now has ties to the Canadian men's Olympic hockey team. Very cool. Um, I was able to catch up uh, this week with Tyler Dietrich. Uh, he played for Medicine Hats in the 0203 season for about half a year and uh, kind of bounced around the Western Hockey League, but uh, played the majority of his games here in Medicine Hats uh, that season. And very cool. He kind of went off after his uh, playing career was done and spent some time coaching uh, over in Hungary, I believe, and um, kind of worked his way into the Hockey Canada system as a video coach. Um, he's been a part of uh, Hockey Canada for about the last, uh, I believe, five or six years um, around that span. And over that time, he's been involved with teams at Spengler Cups, at World Hockey Championships, at World Junior Championships, came back to the WHL last year for a stint with the Saskatoon Blades as an assistant coach. And just because of the way things have worked out with NHL players not being able to go, and that extends to NHL coaching staff, uh, he originally probably was going to be a, a video coach again for the Olympic team. But uh, just with the uh, you know Bruce Boudreau and Scott Walker going to Vancouver, that opened up even more spots on the coaching staff. And because of the, the Russia visa situation, which can take a while, uh, KHL coaches really aren't coming over to Team Canada. So uh, it's a big promotion for Tyler. He is going to be behind the bench as an assistant to Claude Julien. And uh, he, he was a good interview. And he's extremely excited and, and knows the opportunity that uh, lies ahead of him. And uh, we talk about it in the interview as well. But, um, you know, it's, it's kind of funny how fate works out because uh, 
going back to 2018, of course, Willie Desjardins was the head coach of that Canada men's Olympic team. And uh, Tyler's coach here in Medicine Hat was Willie. It was Willie's first year behind the bench in Medicine Hat. So it's funny how things work out, come full circle, and now Tyler's getting his opportunity on the national stage at the Olympic Games. That's cool. That is so cool. I couldn't imagine. That'd be wild. That's a big honor. Being able yeah. to, to coach, right? And if you can't have Willie, you might as well get someone who is coached by Willie. It's kind of the same well, thing. Yeah, I guess that works out. Right. There's one of these years it'll be like, it'll be Chris Russell uh, on the bench uh, when he retires, <laughs> along with Tyler Dietrich and Brendan Bosch. That'll that'll be a coaching staff. With Matt Keatley <laughs> as the goaltending coach. Yeah, target. right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the entire, entire Tigers contingent. Why not? They That's tried funny. to do it in Vancouver with players. Why not try and do it with a coaching True. staff? It may True. work. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Scott, we appreciate you as always, buddy. Thank you for jumping on. And uh, you can catch Scott and Lance calling both games this weekend on Chat 94.5. And uh, coming up, we have that interview with Tyler Dietrich. More Hockey Talk on the way with Tigers Uncaged. Powered by South Country Co-op. If we asked your car how it felt, it wouldn't respond. It's a car. But if we added some magical pixie dust and then asked, it still wouldn't answer. That only happens in the movies. But if we ask how you felt about having to fill your car, you'd probably say, I wish I got something out of it. Well, co-op members earn money on every liter filled at co-op gas bars. Fill up today on Strachan Road, 13th Avenue, Maple Avenue, Northlands, Redcliffe, Eagle Butte, and Dunmore, and Oyen. South Country Co-op proudly serving the community for over 60 years. You're at home here. When it comes to washing your ride, the most important thing is... Water pressure. Without it, dirt, bugs, birds, business, and everything else stays on. Thankfully, South Country Co-op Extreme Car Wash has the... Water pressure. State-of-the-art laser touchless car wash from South Country Co-op. Four locations, Maple Avenue, Northlands, Crescent Heights, and Strachan Road. This is your best wash. This is Extreme touchless car wash from South Country Co-op. You're at home here. Water pressure. When it comes to your choice of beverage, you have your favorites. And when it comes to the place you get your beverages from, Co-op Liquor Stores is the favorite. They carry a huge selection of wine, spirits, local and world beers. Stick to what you love or try something new. Co-op Liquor Stores in Crescent Heights, 13th Avenue, Redcliffe, Dunmore and Strachan Road. All open seven days a week. South Country Co-op. Proudly serving the community for over 60 years. You're at home here. The talk of Tiger Town. Great moments are born from great opportunity. Tigers Uncaged with Jesse and Lance, powered by South Country Co-op. Well, Tyler, a pretty monumentous honor for you as you've been selected to Team Canada's coaching staff for the upcoming Olympics, serving as an assistant to Claude Julien. Uh, just when you were able to find that out, what was your first reaction that you'd be behind the bench? Um, yeah, it was it was pretty surreal, and and how it came together was. Uh, was kind of interesting. I've been with Hockey Canada um, for over five years and served in a, in a variety of capacities and really fortunate to be with the Olympic program. And as it shifted from uh, the NHL um, to the to the non-NHL plan, um, you know, we had Claude join, which is unbelievable in itself. And then just before going to the Channel One Cup in Russia, having the switch where Bruce and, and Scott Walker went to Vancouver, uh, paved way for uh, an opportunity mostly due to the inability to get Russian visas in time for anybody else. So Shane and I jumped on the bench and then that kind of parlayed into the opportunity for the Olympics. So 
it was a, a funny series of events, but um, I can't really explain uh, what it feels like when, you know, when you, you hear it out loud. Um, it's, it's pretty special. For you serving in the capacities that you have with Hockey Canada, and I mean, you've gone to a number of events. You've gone to the Spengler Cup and World Junior Championships and the World Championships, uh, you know, either as an assistant or a video coach. Um, how do you feel that's going to prepare you for these games and, and the experience of being behind the bench for an Olympic Games? Um, yeah, I think it's good. And I think it's something that Claude uh, saw value in and, and Claude's no stranger to international competition himself. But uh, knowing that I've been to a variety of events and seen a lot of these uh, countries, play, um, you know, kind of in my day to day job, so to speak, uh, um, there, there's something that I can offer there and, and we'll certainly work hard to con- contribute on. Um, and I think that any any tournament um, when we have international competition gives a lot of valuable lessons, whether it's you know worlds or uh, world juniors or anything. So um, this will be no different. It's uh, kind of the pinnacle of everything, and and certainly something that we're all excited about. Getting the chance to represent Canada at any level, I'm sure, is an incredible honor. But does it take on a bit of a different feel when it is the Olympic Games? Of course, yeah, of course. The Olympics is a lot more than. Uh, than just hockey it's it's a lot more than just sport in general it's this global um you know celebration of so much and the the work that all the athletes put in um and then getting into the olympics and kind of seeing it all come together and the, the different countries compete and then you know the different canadian teams compete not just uh it, you know our, our team but our our women's team and um our para team who gets to compete in the paralympics after at and then all the other sports, the bobsled team, the figure skaters, the curlers, on and on and on to, to be part of that Team Canada um, is is just surreal. For you, back in 2002, 2003, when you played here for the Medicine Hat Tigers, if someone had told you you'd be going to the Olympic Games in, in 20 years, what would have been your reaction? <laughs> Wouldn't have believed them. I don't think it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's crazy. It, it is, it is really crazy to think about, but, um, yeah, I, I'm very fortunate and, uh, have a lot of gratitude for the, for the fact that I am going. You know, it's, it's kind of interesting how the paths collide because of course, back in 2018 in South Korea, Willie Desjardins was the, the head coach of that team. And obviously you played, uh, under Willie when you were here with the Tigers. Uh, it was Willie's first year with the Tigers as head coach. And, uh, now you get to go behind the bench for, for the next Olympics after he coached. So just what has it been like, I guess, sharing that path with him here? It's awesome. Willie's, Willie's a guy, you look at his coaching um, path and, and he's kind of checked every box along the way and, um, you know, learning a lot from Willie and, and, you know, building off the competitiveness and the, the, the work ethic and all of that stuff that, uh, Willie puts in is, is something that, uh, you know, is, is great. And, and, uh, it's, yeah, it's a cool connection back to the, to the Tigers for sure. Obviously, the roster for Team Canada has been announced, um, led by Eric Stahl, uh, you know, gold medalist, Stanley Cup champion. And you have a lot of players on this team that do have NHL experience. So just a few thoughts on the composition of this team as you guys try and chase a gold medal. Yeah, you know, when, when we announced the roster the other day, we were, we were chatting and, and we looked up uh, some of the numbers. And I think there's over 4,500 NHL games played. Um, and, uh, and you look through the roster, obviously Eric Stahl has a, a big chunk of those, but there's, there's a lot of NHL experience and there's a lot of future NHL experience as well with guys that are destined for, for long 
uh, careers at, at that level. And, um, you know, we've been on the ice for a couple of days. Uh, the group slowly starts to trickle in here in Switzerland. And uh, to see the, the talent and the skill and uh, the veterans and the young guys, uh, it's, it's, it's pretty great. And uh, we, we really like what we've got. We've, you know, anytime you put a team, team Canada together, it's special. Uh, but this group is is really unique um, in a year like this, and, and a, a group that's really, uh, I think, excited through and through about the the chance to go over to Beijing and uh, chase down that gold medal. Next month, you know, obviously not looking too far ahead. You guys are going to be taking it one day at a time and one game at a time because it's a uh, it's a slog of a tournament. But for you and your coaching staff and the Canadian players to be standing on top of a podium with a gold medal around your neck, what would that mean to you? everything absolutely everything it's uh you know whether you're a a player a staff a fan um you know anything uh to to think of gold medals and and the ultimate victory is just it's so great so we'll do everything that we can um you know to prepare everything we can to support these athletes and uh i i know we've got a chance to go over there and and compete and you know work towards that and and uh We'll hope for the bounces that we need along the way, and we'll see what happens. That is Scott Roblin sitting down talking to Tiger alumni Tyler Dietrich, who's going to be a part of the uh, Team Canada, the Olympic coaching team in uh, in mm-hmm. weeks, which is a very cool story to see how it's uh, all come together to get him into that spot. Also crazy that you said weeks for the uh... – the games in Beijing, I, it's kind of snuck up on us, maybe because the weather here has been really nice. But yeah, like like weeks for the for the Winter Olympics, it doesn't feel like it's weeks away. Well, I bet you it has a lot to do because the other the Summer Olympics were delayed, right? So uh, like we be, yeah. had the Summer Olympics, we expected there to be a a long time period in between, but then boom, we're right back into the uh, the Winter Olympics. Yeah, yeah, and also. Should there be, I mean, this is a conversation for another day. There might have to be a conversation around uh, moving the hockey portion, both men's and women's, to the Summer Olympics. Just going to say that, put that out there. Although it's non-traditional, obviously, because it's winter sport. Yeah. But then you work away from all the high peak seasons for the, the professional clubs. And, mm-hmm. uh, and in both the men's and women's case, they're able to maybe even get a bit more spotlight with some like Olympic hockey in August sounds cool or July. Well, I mean it's in the off season, right? So of course, yeah. you, you just get the Stanley Cup, then you get the Olympics, then you go back into the season. I like that. I think the players would be gassed, but hey, they make millions yeah. for a reason, right? Yeah, the players would be worn out, but it's I don't know, it might be easier all around in order to make things work and be able to go instead of pausing your season for 2 weeks, but yeah. again, conversation for the, another day, I guess. That is going to wrap things up for Tigers Uncaged. Tigers back in action this weekend. Two home games against uh, Calgary Hitmen, Red Deer Rebels, two teams that they can beat. Lance, how do you think they do? Uh, I think the the game against Calgary is going to be interesting on Saturday night because uh, the, the Hitmen have gone through a lot of changes roster-wise this season and just recently traded their captain, Jackson Vandalist to Red Deer, who uh, conveniently comes back Sunday. So you, you see a bit of a a transitional phase for the, for the hitmen. I, I think the Tigers do have the ability to, to win both, whether or not they do is a different story. Um, if, if the hitmen end up starting Braden Peters in net as well, which is kind of cool as a Tabor native. So uh, getting to, to have that local flavor as well is always neat. So uh, I'm curious to see how the Saturday goes. Sunday could be difficult because you're, you're playing a red team that's trending upwards. But as you heard from Scott earlier, 
the Tigers have beat them twice. So yeah. it's not like it's insurmountable. Um, but uh, but Saturday definitely catches my eye. Whenever it's yeah. the, the Tigers and Hitman, it always seems to feel a little bit different. Yeah, you never know what you're going to get. And uh, that, that could mm-hmm. be a close one, could be a high-scoring one. Um, when we go back to the, a couple weeks ago podcast, we were talking about sneaky teams. We put Brandon in there. I put Saskatoon in there. You never know. Red Deer made some sneaky moves that puts them in a conversation, not mm-hmm. the conversation, but definitely a conversation. So I think the Tigers will probably struggle against Red Deer if Red Deer plays like they played last time they were in town. But who knows? Yeah. It's the WHL. Anything and everything can happen. Lance, appreciate you, buddy. Thank you for coming on. Uh, you and Scott are going to have both games, Saturday and Sunday, on Chat 94.5. This has been Tigers Uncaged with Jesse and Lance. Powered by South Country Co-op. Thanks to all of our show contributors. Thank you for your help. Be looking for a new Tigers Uncaged podcast every week during hockey season.